I'm Libby Rothschild, former clinical dietitian who transformed into a full-time virtual business owner. It was only one year ago when I made $55,000 a year in my clinical job. And now I make $100,000 a month being my own boss. And you can do this too. My clients, who are all female dietitians and students, started from zero and created six-figure, multi-six-figure businesses by following my proven method. And they've all been guests on air. My proven method shows you how to attract cash paying clients using social media marketing strategies that work. You don't have to guess, waste time, or hold yourself back when you follow my step-by-step method. Hello and welcome. I'm here with Kristen Jackson, a British consultant, IBS dietitian, and founder of the Food Treatment Clinic. Kirsten originally specialized in gastroenterology soon after qualifying in dietetics from the University of Hertford. Did I say that right? Hertfordshire, yeah. Hertfordshire, UK in 2012. After gaining some clinical experience, she opened the food treatment clinic in 2015 and later niched down into the area of IBS. Kirsten now works for clients internationally, both on a one-to-one basis and through her membership IBS called Take Control. Outside of her own company, Kirsten is an official media spokesperson for the British Dietetic Association and an advisory board member for the IBS Network. She's based in Dubai, where she is the lead dietitian at King's College Hospital. Could you let us know where everybody can find you on social media? Yeah, thank you for that nice introduction, Libby. So yeah, on social media, on Instagram, it's the.ibsdietitian. Um, on Twitter, it's rd underscore Kirsten, and then Pinterest, just the IBS dietitian. So Fantastic. Kirsten. Fantastic. And is there anything else that I left out from the bio that you want the listeners to know? Um, no, I think that sort of covers it. I mean, I think if anyone's looking for any um, general information around gastro, so feel free to hit on my website at www.thefoodtreatmentclinic.com. But other than that, that's pretty much it. Fantastic. So for those uh, listeners who don't know you, if you could just talk a little bit about your nutrition philosophy so we can kind of understand more about you. Yeah, sure. So um, as you said, I started off as like a gastroenterology dietitian, which is obviously very broad, even though it sounds specific and specialist already, it really isn't. There's so many different problems. Um, So I am like through and through a dietitian in terms of like the evidence-based nutrition, looking at always the research and everything, you know, and really setting ourselves apart from other people in the industry. But my philosophy really sets around kind of personalizing that as much as possible to my audience and to the individual, because I kind of feel like that's often where healthcare misses the mark a little bit. And, you know, if someone can get what you've said just in a Google search, then you're not doing your job. So my philosophy is really about personalizing that on like an emotional basis and also, you know, actually to their health specifically as such. Yeah. And how did you come to that clarity as far as like what you said, first starting gastro and then kind of getting a little bit more clear? Can you talk about like that journey and evolution? Yeah. So it was, I guess I, I just did the typical dietitian route, not dietitian, but I guess entrepreneurial route where you're like, um, I know I want to start a business. I'm passionate about what I do. And I was like, it was taking every Tom, Dick and Harry, like to see everybody. And I, I remember sitting in my first clinic, I was thinking I was charging something like 40 pounds an hour, which is about $60 an hour and thinking, oh, I can't believe someone's actually paying for my time and just seeing everything. And then I just thought actually I was fascist in gastro. Um, and then I started working with yourself. And at the time, I think I was doing gastro and PCOS, even though that obviously does not a good combination anyway. I don't know where I got that from. And we then niched down into IBS. And it wasn't like an easy thing because you have this obviously like hesitant of 
oh my God, I'm going to have hardly any clients, you know, but actually in reality, that's not true because I was actually speaking to a much broader, not a broader audience, but like a more of a niche audience, but it, I don't know, it was a lot easier like marketing. And obviously I was actually be, being able to become even more specialist in that one area. So I did feel kind of more comfortable as my business developed, you know, that I became this consultant in that one very specific area. Whereas gastro in itself, as I said, might sound really sp- specific, but it's not. It's a huge audience. So Yeah. And, and for the, really a lot of great information that you just said. So just to talk a little bit more about that process, you went from gastroenterology to IBS. Can you talk about, I know the like journey can be scary. And like you said, it when you were more specialized, it helped. But can you talk about that process as far as maybe the length of time or some of the realizations and then the, you know, that journey? Yeah. So I think, I mean, at first I, I don't know where to, where I started really. It was more, I guess, just taking a leap of faith initially, but because I was obviously working with yourself as a business coach, kind of, I had that confidence in you, I have to say, but it did feel really uncomfortable. Um, But I kind of seen the results very quickly. And I've kind of found that in business often, like me personally, I know other people get this as well, we get caught up very emotionally rather than like actually looking at facts and figures. And what did help me, um, especially being very emotional, I'm sure, (laughs) is to actually just look at the stats. So for instance, in my Instagram feed, um, I was getting immediately more messages every single day immediately you know more actual consults and people weren't questioning my price and things like that whereas actually the emotional side was probably more difficult and took time because you just get this horrible gut feeling and it's very you know different and little things like I'd worked for you know a long time doing blog posts on loads of different content and suddenly I wasn't using anymore and things like that so it was definitely alien but I think what helped me the most is just instead of looking at the emotions which are really not useful is actually just looking at the facts and the facts kind of were adding up and that just then built my confidence really over time. Very logical of you. And then I love how you mentioned the Instagram piece where, you know, you made those changes and then you saw the outcome of people booking consults. And then, you know, I call them marketing metrics when people are sending you messages related to the problem that you're solving. That's more specific than gastroenterology. It's more related to IBS. And those are all indications that you're moving in the right direction to validate the insecurities that we all feel when we're trying to get more clear and serve one person instead of, you know, a large group of people. Mm-hmm. And it also made my life easier as well, I have to say. So like, you know, in the past when I've been doing Instagram posts, I'd spend maybe like hours doing something really intricate. And then I'd get maybe one or two people like it or get very little feedback. Whereas now I could blast out a whole load of Instagram posts or marketing or even like the content for the people I use in my programs very quickly because it's one topic, you know? So you get to know that area a lot quicker. So it's actually easier to do it that way as well. Yeah, it's definitely easier, but it's again, emotionally challenging. And so once you work through that emotion and you logically see that it makes sense, it becomes easier to apply. And if you could just talk a little bit about like your journey with creating your business, I know you talked about, you know, gastroenterology and then going more specific with IBS. Can you talk about how you've come to where you are today and your membership and and everything related to what you sell as a dietitian? Yeah. So, um, so initially I was, I started off just seeing everybody and also very kind of like self-made, you know, I mean, if anyone's seen my website from back when I started, I think it would be laughing at it. It was really awful, but very self-made, probably spent hours and hours doing everything. And then I'm um, just trying to be logical. As I said, it's all moved through it. 
So um, I actually initially started off just doing one-to-one -one consults um, and then I actually went on to do packages when I became more comfortable with like pricing options and I got over the fact that someone would actually want to spend more than one consultation with me. Um, so that was good and it was nice seeing the patients actually getting the better outcomes from doing that as well because they were committing. And then I got to a stage actually where I was able to take on other dietitians because we were so busy which was great. And obviously like I actually quite like part of my role is like mentoring other people. I actually quite like that. So it was nice kind of growing the business in that way for me. And then I was just thinking, well, what's the next stage? And I did feel quite burnt out in a way with working with people because there is, and quite rightly so, there's quite a high expectation from clients when they're paying privately for nutrition advice. And within the IBS space, it is quite an emotional condition, you know? So you were this person's lifeline and I was actually feeling quite burnt out in terms of how many people I could actually max out on in terms of who I'm seeing one-to-one. -one. Um, so this is when I initially like made my program because it wasn't actually a membership site to start with. It was actually like a program people would pay like a one-off fee to and then they'd get access to these videos and it'd take them through the process of getting IBS control. So it was like automated income, it was all that good. And then I, when I was working with yourself, we like really pivoted. And even then that was like an uncomfortable moment because I, I remember thinking, oh, I'll never make enough money or no one's going to sign up to this. Because what would happen as I had this program, there's actually quite an expensive program. And I had a few people sign up to it, but that was it. And I like pivoted in terms of what I was doing with the business and made it just into actually a monthly membership, which people are much more you know likely to sign up to. And it, it really turned the business around that like suddenly people were just joining and it was more of a membership. And so that it's been really good to have, you know, different incomes. Um, and also for me growing the business, I maxed out mentally really how much I could do. So we've got quite a few things going on. Now. So we've got the, the clinic in Manchester with uh, my other dietitians working in it. I'll see people one-to-one, -one, but as I said, I only take on a few clients doing that now. And then the main thing is the monthly membership site. So that's the thing that's really growing now and kind of taking the business guest to the next step. You are a superstar. You are an international superstar. So just for context, living in Dubai, managing a clinic in London and a virtual membership related to IBS to help people and marketing that through Instagram. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So Instagram has been like 99%. I do the stats every week and it's still, you know, I've been... I'm still on Facebook. I'm still on Pinterest and everything else. And Instagram is like 99% of the, um, the leads coming from that. So. so yeah, if you could just talk a little bit more about how you use Instagram to market and sell, you do a great job of it. And I love how you've talked about a little bit about the journey with starting more general and then niching down. So if you could just like talk about how you use that tool since you're getting 99% of your leads from there. Yeah. So, um, I kind of really believe in systems. This is probably the only way I get so much done. Cause again, previously I would just be like scrapping about trying to do everything all at once and spend a lot of time doing nothing. But with the Instagram, so what I'll, I'll post a mixture of kind of factual posts, but also kind of more emotional posts to try and get the audience like more engaged. And um, so I have a process where I'll look for, you know, things like Facebook groups and online to look at, you know, wording that my audience are using rather than just thinking of topics I think they'll find useful, which, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not the audience. I'm trying to find, you know, words and topics from them, what they're talking about in different like groups online and things that they've messaged me. And then I will create content based on that. So as I said, it could be factual, it could be more emotional um, or just conversational, just a mixture, really just getting them as engaged as possible is really the key. Okay. So 
that is helpful, but I want to strip it back to when you were, let's say six months ago or a year ago when you were maybe earlier on in your journey. Can you talk about the process of how you learn to make better content that is able to get leads? And then the second portion of that is get leads, meaning potential customers to buy. So can you talk about like from an earlier stage to where you were less advanced as to where you are now? Yeah, I think so. so earlier stage, it was probably understanding the platform. So I think I was just thinking of like a pretty picture and putting it online. And obviously, Pinterest is a certain platform. It has certain algorithms and you could create a beautiful picture. But if it's not getting past the algorithms or it doesn't really match the platform, it's not going to get anywhere. So, for instance, I was doing like things like doing a selfie of myself, which looked great. It's fine. And then I just put a caption underneath. But people just scroll past that and it wasn't meeting the algorithms. So it was kind of understanding the fact that Pinterest, someone's got like a two second attention span and also, you know, creating that lovely white background on posts and keeping it really simple and clear and, you know, wording to a minimum, just little things like that, because if they haven't got the concept within two seconds, nobody's engaging with it. Love it. So what was the process that helped you when it comes to what you do now? I love that you have the systems. You're super clear with the ideal client. You have a process that works for enrolling into your membership. Was there anything earlier on besides like doing the research and the work and talking to them that helped you get more clear? Or was it just, let's say after you understood the platform, then what was the next step? The next step after that was just then like monitoring how they went really. So you would probably, you know, every week, doing it in advance and at the end of the week again looking at stats to see who's engaged with what what did well what didn't go well and then I'd put it all into like a google docs and then just you know reflect on it basically and then that would then form what I was going to do the week after or the month after so you're just learning basic from mistakes and wins going so when, when we worked together we did that and you're still doing that you're still tracking your stats every week absolutely it's, it's helpful because yeah so I just, I'm just I think I'm a bit of a geek I just become to like love data and I don't like spend a lot of time on something and then it doesn't work. So it's just, it is very, very logical. You just look at what worked, what didn't work and then move forward. And it's, as I said, moved my business a lot quicker than just, you know, randomly posting ideas up and things like this. You are treating Instagram as a business tool and you're getting the outcome that you desire from it. And that's extremely inspiring. Oh, thank you. So can you talk about how you approach goals in your uh, life and in business? Yeah. Yeah, so goals in terms of life and business, again, I would probably try and keep very specific. So um, again, like trying to keep emotions out of it because whenever I've done that, I've ended up going after like shiny objects and drones. So I've ended up going, I'll do this, I'll do that. And then nothing happens at all. So what I've found is best is really focusing in on, you know, what I actually want to achieve. So normally what I'll do is have like one major goal um, every, probably every six months um, at the minute, just because of, I'm about to go on maternity leave. So um, sometimes I feel like I can't really plan for further than that because I've got very ambitious ideas, which I keep being told are not going to happen when I have a newborn baby. So um, just keeping to six, I have like six monthly goals, like not one or two big ones. And then I kind of break those down into like weekly, what I'm actually going to do. So make it quite specific but also um, being really quite realistic. So I reflect on those and everything before I write them down. Because in the past, I said, I've gone off of shiny object syndrome and just worked on loads of different stuff and nothing has worked out. And I've got really quite stressed out, you know, yeah. working constantly and achieving very little. So yeah. Being- and, and the way that you track your stats for Instagram, because you're using it as a tool to get 
potential customers and then turn them into customers since that works for you to grow your business. Do you approach goals in the same way where you track them and you look at them? Is that like a data collection process the same? Yeah. So um, sometimes it depends on the goals. So like, for instance, at the minute, I'm trying a new method to get leads into my membership site. So um, one of the things I'll do is look at the different platforms I'm using and then I'll have metrics for that to see how well it's doing as such. So it depends on what the goal is, because some of the goals would probably be a little bit more, not so much data driven. Got it. So if they're, if they're data driven, can you give me an example? Like, would it be like a, someone, a comment that someone says related to the problem that you solve? That's like a warm, it just kind of looks like something that's close to someone potentially buying from you. So no, so it'd be more like, for instance, looking at if I have posted up like a call to action and stories and then seeing, you know, how many leads I've got from that little thing. Leads like meaning people who, who, people who apply or people who buy? People who apply. And then um, another one would be like my actual conversion rate on the page. And so you're tracking those as metrics. Absolutely. So so that's great. But what about goals? Do you write down, like, do you have a tracking system for your goals as well? Like whether it's Google Docs or something of that nature? Goals would be like just obviously sales and conversion, conversion rate and sales for each month. And then also quarterly as well. So I'll, and then I'll reflect on those weekly because I found that if I do it monthly and reflect on something and you're way off your goal, then you're not going to meet it. So So what keeps you accountable to being so business minded? Because this is like really inspiring, but I think a lot of listeners are going to say, wow, I didn't even think of that. Right. Yeah. I think I've always, I've not been very good at working for other people, put it that way. So like I just, when you have your business, it's like your little baby and I don't know, it's just, just, it's, I find it quite fun. And I think it's become better for me personally, actually, when I did start tracking it so much, because it's like almost becomes like a game because you can see that it's just working. And then what if ever isn't working, you just cut dead and you pivot and you move forward. Whereas before, I think it was quite, you'd have these spurts of energy working in the business, but every so often you just get burnt out and have to walk away from it and then come back to it. Whereas now it really is it's actually quite addictive because you're just seeing the progress each yeah, time. Absolutely. So- and, and just to, to speak of the moments where you feel drained or emotionally sad because things, you know, cause that's the reality in business that sometimes things don't go the way we want. How do you process that and reframe to get, you know, back into it and focus more on the, on the outcome and serving your clients and, and increasing revenue? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. I think like it's reflecting them on your own personality. So one of the things I've learned through this without sounding really cheesy is quite a bit of a journey. So I've come to kind of know myself really well. And so for instance, yeah. I know my bad habits are comparing myself to other people. And then also, as I said, going after shiny object syndrome. So those two things tend to like burn me out quicker. So what I'll tend to do is I just have a bit of a routine where I'll have like a weekend off, I'll turn my phone off and everything and don't do any business work at all just to have a really good clear out. And then when I go start again on that Monday is actually just writing everything down, like having the kind of, you know, verbal brain dump just on a bit of paper that personally helps me just to clear everything out and just get focused again. Because I think sometimes, especially comparing yourself to other people is not the most positive thing. And it can really, it can really burn you out quite quickly. Or, you know, again, if I know that I'm not working in my systems, then I will end up doing lots of extra bits, which I don't need to be doing. And that's yeah. where I burn out. 
That's a great reframe. And I, I think that I appreciate you sharing that because I think at many levels, we all have that comparisonitis and shiny object syndrome. And so the more we talk about it and reframe it, the better it can really help us emotionally and logically move forward, right? Because that's what you need to do to hit your goals in your business. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I found, especially. Fantastic. So what is what, what kind of advice would you give for somebody who's starting out, maybe uh, somebody who's newer in the journey or someone who's more intermediate in the journey? What would you suggest for either one of those types of dietitians? Yeah, so I would say early on, um, it's very easy to kind of have not the confidence that you know you probably deserve and you need. So um, you will kind of just try and do everything and see everybody all at once. I would say to you, if you can just come up with two or three specific goals and then focus on those and then review them every month or every week to see why they're working or why they're not working, be really specific and try and maybe even get like an accountability partner or somebody to help you just stay on track with that. That's the best thing. I think I could have moved quicker in my business had I just stayed focused earlier on. I know that's not a natural thing to do. (laughs) That's something you normally learn, but just stay focused basically. Yeah. And did, what about the coaching too? Is that something as well? Like talk to me about what else helps keep you accountable. So it's an accountability partner. Are you part of any groups? Is it any specific continuing coaching? Like what else helps keep you focused? So I've like, I've worked through um, different coaching programs through the business. So one of the times I've also worked with yourself, Libby, in like a one-to-one, which was great. Um, I've also done other things like Amy Porterfield courses, um, so various different types. And again, this comes to self-reflection on what kind of learner you are. And me personally, I kind of found that I'm not great with courses because I'll get halfway through with all the energy and then I give up. So um, I'm much better personally with you know, someone who I need that one-to-one support. So I think, again, just reflecting what kind of person you are. But I would say um, with that, I think it's easy to think when you first start out, you've got a limited budget in your business and honestly so many people think oh i've got to do facebook ads or i've got to do you know pay for all these big fancy things but if your brain isn't in the right mindset then you're not going to go any further so i would be looking to spend a good proportion of your budget on coaching of some sort, whatever suits you just to keep you accountable and also kind of to demuddle those thoughts as such and just keep you moving forward i think that's a really great and it's so true really powerful advice for our colleagues. So what's next in your business? You have, you know, a system working on Instagram, you you know, an international dietitian. What it, what can we expect or what can you share for what's going on in the future? Yeah, so like obviously I've got those goals that we we're talking about. Yeah. So I'm actually in the process of writing a book, um so an e- an ebook that's going to be coming out just to put all like the IBS you know the actual system that I've now got just into a different format so that's going to be my goal for the rest of the year to get that like published and then I'm hoping at the end of the year depending on how it is having my first baby um it's actually going to start a podcast um that's as fantastic. A, yeah it is quite cool and I think um again like knowing my audience now they relate a lot more to podcasts and you know blog posts that I've been spending again pivoting on this idea I've been spending a long time writing all these blog posts but nowadays people don't want to read anything. They want that like to listen to stuff. So yeah, again, later on in the year, potentially, hopefully doing the, the podcast, but hundred percent of one of the goals is getting that ebook sorted. So it'll be exciting. And with, with the book is that, oh, it's ebook. So it's, that's something that you're just creating and selling on your own on via Instagram. Is that correct? Um, no. So it'll be on um, Amazon as well. On Amazon. That's great. 
Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. And is, is anybody, is that just something you're doing on your own, like self-published type of a situation? Um, at the minute, I'm um, just in talks with a couple of people to see what, you know, the options are. And I'm actually, one of the things I'm contemplating is actually doing it alongside somebody for recipes and things like this, because it's one of the things I actually hate doing as a dietitian. And yeah. you know, I'm no food photographer, I'm not going to lie. Um, so it, again, um, so it's a few different options at the minute. So we'll watch this space and see. Amazing. And also just a final thought here is that you don't have to be a food photographer to be able to use Instagram to market and sell. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. And I'm glad I've stopped pretending on trying to do that because it's stressing me out. Yeah. And, and I love what you've done with infographics and, and how you've like, again, it's all a reflection of using your personality and your skills to have the business work for you and still give the results to your clients. And I think that's really inspiring for the listeners because we all have different talents and we just don't know how to use them, right? We don't know how to put them into the right category and, and leverage our skills. So I think this interview is going to be really inspiring. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you. Thank you for joining. If you identify as a female dietitian or student, apply to my coaching program. I'm accepting applications now. My clients go from zero to exceeding their sales goals. I save you time, energy, and I show you how to confidently become a dietitian boss. Thousands of your colleagues from around the world are doing it, and so can you. Apply on my website at libbyrothschild.com and check the show notes if you want that link right away.